All right. Hi, I'm Sam. Hi, my name is Kazoo. And this is Fall Risk. Listeners, we are here at Fall Risk or with Fall Risk at Skydive Midwest with the one and only Kazoo. <laughs> Kazoo, how do you say your last name? Oyama. Oyama. Yeah. All right, Kazoo Oyama. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your role here at Skydive Midwest? I would say uh, SNTA lead SNTA, um, the master rigger, um, just a uh, uh, most coach examiner as well, tandem examiner, and uh, aspiring AFF examiner as well. Okay. Okay. So, so kind of one of the the big head honchos here. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I just yeah. want to, you know, help out. It's mostly to establish for people who don't know you, like mm-hmm. on this podcast, like what your role is, like what your credentials are, that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, he's in. Sorry if you can hear Kip in the background barking in the <laughs> lobby. <laughs> Kazu, would you say it's fair? It's fair to say here that like you are probably one of the more prominent members of this community. You have a, a, a role in leading the, the flagship a little bit. You have a role in like kind of guiding a lot of the, um, I don't want to call them underlings, but for lack of a better word, like underlings here. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. I'm, yeah. I like to do it more out of respect as opposed to fear. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that unfolds. This I, I mean, like this is the first time I've met you. I've met like this season. Yeah. Um, so I'm still getting the hang of like, you know, communicating and talking to people and seeing what, what people respond well to and what they don't respond well to and like what their little tips and or tips and tricks and, you know, quirks are. So um, we'll see if that comes to fruition. If, okay. it, if you lead out of fear, or out of, <laughs> out of, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, when I first got here, people were name dropping you left and right. They were saying, you're going to love Kazu. He's crazy. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of knowledge. He likes teaching, like all these things, like you're going to love him. And so far that is true. Like, I really well, like I you a lot. I think you're hilarious. <laughs> uh, you're super nice and you always have a good, uh, word for anybody that needs like help. So yeah. So far, so good, right? Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's just get into it. Um, let's talk about a little bit of like your origin story. Like, what year did you start skydiving? How old were you? Uh, I started in 1995, oh, wow. uh, and I was 19 years old when I first started. That's cool. Yeah, it was my uh, birthday. Um, so there was a, I was a busboy at the time in a restaurant, and one of the waiters, and of course, you know, with skydivers, they just they have they as soon as they get their or they're getting their license they have to talk about it yeah and this is before everything like social media was prominent so mm-hmm. he was like telling everyone in the service station he's jumping out of a plane i'm like you're an idiot <laughs> you're, you're an idiot for jumping out of a plane and then of course he hit me in the ego he's like well you don't have the balls to jump out of a plane i'm like i'm <laughs> stupid blah 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 so i kept on talking crap about it and he's like well because it's your birthday it's coming up it was like two months of this and then uh he's like hey uh put up or shut up and i said okay Let's go. Nice. So I've got, a, I got into the car with him. I, I, my, I immediately read a decision because I couldn't get sleep the night before. Uh-huh. And it was, uh, so we, I was living in Fort Lauderdale at the time and we drove up to Lake Wales, which was a three and a half hour drive. So I'm sleeping the whole way there. Yeah, and then uh, we get into the Cessna because the Lake at the time Lake Wales was owned by Roger Nelson. Mm-hmm. It was like Scott of Chicago South, I yeah. guess. You know, so a lot of, I met a lot of those guys from the Midwest uh, when I was coming up. And then, like literally, I'm on the couch and they're interviewing me, uh, and I'm like partially sleeping, <laughs> and I'm sleeping like kind of 
nervous sleeping in the plane and then he tells me to get up my knees and hooks me up on the tandem and I'm tall enough to actually look out the side of the tandem I'm like oh my god this is real <laughs> so was that was that a 182 or yes two? Okay. 182 all right and of course the the pilot reaches across me and opens the door slams open I'm like oh man what did I get myself into <laughs> so I jumped out of a plane and I think I remember screaming like a little girl it was like <laughs> it was bad it was so bad <laughs> and then uh so i got down i was like oh my god it's so good you know and all that crap and then um uh of course they got me got me into the 99 dollars tandem special mm-hmm. again you know you know that's how they hook you and then um i came back the next week to redeem myself from screaming like a little girl and of course <laughs> second jump did the same thing but he told me to pull and basically i was already in the afp program before i knew yeah. it and there that was it Cool. So that whole summer I spent uh, trying to get my my license. Nice. What what kind of canopies were you jumping back in 1995? Okay, well, if you ask Scott Robinson, I was jumping pterodactyls. And, <laughs> and, uh, Fred Flintstone was trying, <laughs> you know, paddling the car. To, but I was uh, Manta 288 was I was my first nice. canopy. Yeah, it was a spring loaded main with the yep. spring being literally it was so bad. Yeah. They would the instructors would literally have to go over and hit it out of my burble. Yeah. To for it to inflate. Been yeah. there. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sitting there and he's like, you know, you owe a case of beer if you lose the thing. And of course yeah. I lost it like three times. Yeah. Because I'm a spaz. So yeah. I remember when I first lost my first grip cord too. Mm-hmm. I, I was good enough to like put it inside my jumpsuit, but the jumpsuit was really uh it was old and the zipper came undone on its own. And I yeah. remember being under canopy with my hands in the toggles and just watching it fall on me. Yeah, like, like, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, how many uh, jumps do you uh, think you I have accumulated? About ten thousand. Nice. Yeah. Over what is this? Almost twenty-seven years. Twenty-seven years. Twenty-eight Damn. years. Damn, oh. that's impressive. Um, how much tunnel time do you think you probably have? Mm, honestly, maybe an hour. Really? Yep. That's it. No tunnel time at all. Oh, why? Yeah. Why is that? Oh, because my head's too big. I can't get. <laughs> I can't get in through the tunnel entrance, <laughs> and it's like this, this whole Vaseline on the sidewalls there, and it's like it's not good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so just to be clear, it's like, not your ego. It's no, that your not head. my ego. It's my physical head. <laughs> I mean, you literally put my helmet on and were swimming around in it. Yeah. I thought gills were forming and like Dory was in, in there. But personally, I know that this is like a joke, like a running joke around the drop zone. Yes. But for anybody that doesn't know, anybody that's never met you, like proportionally speaking, his head is the right size for his body. It's right. Not and like that's exactly st- what my mother said <laughs> when she visited and Dank said, why is his head so big? <laughs> oh, his head is proportionally size to his body. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Thanks for you know going into the joke. I will say it you you do have a big head though yes, just like in that. comparison to me or because yes. because just for anyone listening we we put you we tried your video helmet on the other day yes. and it was like the the rim came all the way down to my eyes it was yes great. and trust me i we talk <laughs> like max you know max the little chinese guy uh yes chinese student yes, yes. I, I was like look man i completely understand this you we we are smarter and that's why we have bigger heads <laughs> and we have to compensate by having bigger helmets <laughs> All right. Uh, ratings. Let's talk about ratings. Which ratings do you have and when did you get them? Uh, I have a coach examiner, a tandem examiner, um, AFF designated evaluator, which is something that's at USPA, but uh, mm-hmm. that's like right before you get your examiner rating. But I've had that for like 10 years. Um, uh, Master Rigger. Okay. SNTA the, as well. Okay. The, the AFF uh, designated 
examiner is that you get to participate on the ex like the jumps or yeah what so basically the AFF designated evaluator that means that if the AFF examiner has to leave for whatever reason mm -hmm. I can finish the course as long it is f as long as it's 50% more are done okay, okay? or if uh, there's an AFF um, uh, AFF instructor that needs to get current yeah. um, under two years okay. then I can get them current again all right Thank you for that clarification. Yeah, no worries. Um, what made you want to get into skydiving, like beyond beyond the tandem? Like after you did the tandems, why did you why did you get into skydiving just originally? I it just intrigued me. Um, obviously the the rush and all that stuff, and it like it was it was a problem that I needed to figure out. Mm -hmm. Like I I didn't understand how all this stuff worked, so yeah. I was like. And it wasn't gear stuff. It was just how was this magical backpack and, you know, how we get down to the ground and all that other stuff. And, I mean, I was honestly, I was a very, very scared student. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love working with the new students because I, I recognize and I empathize with that absolute terror <laughs> that people have. Because people are like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, I try to tell them, hey, just because they seem like they're, you know, mild-mannered, they were all scared mm -hmm. when they first started and it, and I can just speak about myself I was just I was scared I think it took me about a hundred jumps to get kind of used to the idea I was doing this for fun yeah yeah okay so it wasn't all I got this no I was scared okay yeah. so I guess my next question then is in 30 years have you ever taken a break or has it been consistently like you've uh, just been skydiving the entire time no I, I took a break um I had I took a break because I got into it with one of the one of the guys at the drop zone, and of course, instead of admitting that I did something wrong, I got super defensive, and then the SNTA had to speak to me, and it was like I felt like the whole drop zone was ganging up against me, yeah. and uh, so I was like, okay, these guys are just jerks. I'm, I need to go do whatever. Mm -hmm. So then um, I was bartending uh, and in a nightclub and uh this guy had you know his pda this is like in the early 2000s and of course not a lot of pdas were around and he's sitting there sitting there showing scott having videos and yeah. pictures mostly i'm like oh you jump and he's like yeah yeah and i'm like yeah i jumped too i just haven't i got my rig sitting in the closet and he's like what do you mean and so uh his name is juan and he uh he's like hey give me your rig Give me your phone number. Give me your rig. Like, just get it repacked, and then let's go jumping again. Mm -hmm. So it was about a year and a half I took off, and then okay. I went back. I mean, that's still impressive, though. Like, only a year and a half of a break, like break break wise, like yeah. for thirty years. That's mm -hmm. pretty. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that was good. All right. Interesting. Um, what was your first AFF jump like? Do you remember? It's been yeah. a while. My, I don't remember. Really, the only <laughs> thing I remember because I have it, <laughs> I'm so old that I actually have my. I remember having my tandem on the same tape, same VHS tape <laughs> as some of my AFF jumps because okay. one of the guys that was learning how to do tandem video was using me as a hey, can I come on to your AFF jump so I can mm -hmm. practice, you know, video flying at the time. And, and uh, so yeah, the only one that I remember is learning how to track. Okay, and so he was like. He was right behind me. I turned 180, and I, I did the track, but, of course, I, like, carved out to the side because I was, went to max track and <laughs> didn't know how to do it. But, yeah, because when I first started, I was the same height that I am now <laughs> and 185 pounds. Oh, yeah. you're a sail. I was a big-headed 
stick. <laughs> uh, so it was really awkward. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So so you don't remember the very first guy, the very first AFF no. jump, but like you remember like little tidbits from from your whole course. Yeah, a little bit. The only one that really sticks out because uh, I remember watching that video over and over again, and it was the tracking part of it. But I don't really <laughs> remember the rest of it. I know that um, I did most of my jumps during the week because I was a, a busboy and always the the restaurant's always busy on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And the at the time they had the Cessna um, during the week, and then uh, they would bring out the the turbines for the weekends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, what do you like to do outside of skydiving? Like out outside of flying? What kind of hobbies you got? Um, I love to cook. Um, That's what I hear. Yep, I love to cook. Um, and I love to play video games, uh, watch people play video <laughs> games. We found that out last night at the, at the Mario Kart competition. You well, kept acting. What are you talking <laughs> you about? You had everyone fooled. What Every do you mean? <laughs> everyone was like. I have no idea what I'm doing on that game. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I lost. Remember? I lost. Yeah, but you were pretty strong start to begin with. What are you talking you about? You lost because you forgot to drink the beer, not because. <laughs> you got in first place over everybody else. It but was you an didn't accident. It is the sunshines. Whatever. You know, sometimes. He's, uh, what I will say, Kazu is really good at, and maybe this is considered another hobby, is fooling people to begin with. What are you talking and then about? Unleashing <laughs> all of his skills <laughs> after the fact, after you are unsuspecting of everything. Anyway, continue. Well, Sorry. I didn't. Okay, so <laughs> obviously, like, just I was so focused on trying to win, you know, because yeah. all of Scott ever are competitive. Mm -hmm. So I forgot the stipulation of that I have to drink my beverage mm -hmm. as I'm, I had to crush the beverage, which was yeah. soda water. I wasn't drinking. But I mean, I was crushing the soda. I forgot to crush the soda water. I really was like, <laughs> and it was the, the freaking race map, whatever it was, is like the worst one. It has like, it's Rainbow Road. Yeah. And you're. If you, you sneeze the wrong direction, you're off the map. And then <laughs> someone overtakes you and the little cloud brings you back. I'm like, yeah. So I was concentrating. Anyway. <laughs> hobbies. <laughs> so yeah, so cooking. hobbies. Cooking. Video games. Uh, video games. I love to play. Uh, I love my Switch and uh, play Overwatch online, which is an, is an FPS. Um, you know, watching movies pretty much. And that's about it. I want. I was intrigued in getting into knife making, but it's like I got so much other stuff going on right now, especially during the summer. I probably want to take up during the winter. Like blacksmithing. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Forge and fire, watching that a lot, but actually like making it because, and I'm not doing it. I I wouldn't want to make anything but kitchen knives. I'm okay. interested in making kitchen knives for cooking. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, I did ask a couple other people too on the drop zone, like, what else is he into? I don't really know much about Kazu beyond the skydiving stuff, and mm -hmm. other people said things like photography. Uh, you talked about this already, bartending, but like the flair. Yeah, that was from do, the nightclub stuff. I watched you do yeah. that, the flaring of the bottles. Yeah. And then uh, I think Scott Robinson said giving other tall people shit. Yeah. It's like one of yeah. your... Well, that's, <laughs> well, with Scott, he's so pretty and tall. Like, I'm just envious. So I'm just going to talk crap about him. No, but we're, uh, we have a, we're really good friends. I can't wait for him to listen to this. He's going to laugh his butt yeah. off. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, I've always, you know, being in the sport for so long, you know that if no one's making fun of you at the drop zone, yeah. you are the jerk. You're not welcome. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get you. It's a good, it's a good environment. Okay. So let's talk about photography for a second. I saw you with a camera, uh, not on your camera helmet a yeah. couple of days ago. Yes. You into photography? 
Yes, um, I need to keep up my Asian license. If I if, since I speak like a Caucasian, I have to do Asian stuff like use the chopsticks correctly, okay. use the camera. Okay, you know, have a big old. <laughs> you got to teach me how to use how to properly okay, read so a digital camera. I got into photography because of skydiving. Yeah, and then my mom's like, "Okay, you need to go back to college." I was like thirty at the uh -huh. time. She's like, "You need you need to go back to college and get a real job." I don't like this. So you jumping out the plane. So um, I went back to college, and then uh, they had photography as one of the classes. Mm -hmm. So. Um, uh, I would just wanted to learn how to use Photoshop better. And so you had to go to 35 millimeter class film. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't done that since middle school because that's how old I am. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, I told the photographer teacher, I'm a scouting photographer. She's like, oh, yeah. And then, of course, I, I screwed up the first reel. But it took it took off from there because she treated us like graduate photography students. Yeah. Like we had after we did like t timing and framing, all that stuff on the next class, which was digital photography. She's like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to work on bodies of work. Okay. So the idea was to represent an idea via the body of work, mm -hmm. not just like a pitch, a series yeah. of pictures of the same thing. Mm -hmm. So that really opened my mind to the fact that photography can be, and she kept on yelling at me. She's like, Kazoo, are you, are you trying to be a photographer, artistic photographer, or uh -huh. are you taking inventory of the world? Yeah. I said, no, I want to, I want to do the thing. So yeah. like I'm a literal person and she's so artistic. Like it was, she was the best teacher I've ever had. Cool. And she just opened my mind up to whole photography. So I have much of, of my prints in, uh, in the loft actually. I'm going to go look at them after this. Yeah. So that was all <laughs> on, um, uh, medium format camera okay. and it's a six by seven centimeter, uh, film black and white film okay and uh, I developed it put it onto fiber-based paper uh -huh. after I did all the test prints and I squeezed it down uh -huh. dried it and made the frames and so that's my body I actually have more at home that's part of that body of work but that's always reminded me of how creative that yeah. I, ha I can be yeah so I like that that's yeah. awesome that's actually a really cool sentiment too like the inventory of the world that's a that's yeah. a great way to put it, especially in terms of photography. Like, yeah, oh, that hits that hits home hard. It does. Like that statement. Yeah, oh, and she would she. I mean, she was so good at photography that she would sit there and look through the magnifying glass at mm -hmm. the at the negative and mm -hmm. tell me how I felt. Yeah. About that image. Yeah. I'm like, how how is she going into my soul and saying like I don't I <laughs> it was unbelievable I couldn't believe it. That's super cool. Does yeah. she still teach or no? Yeah, I have lost, I lost touch with her. Okay. Um, but uh, the thing is with um, how things are shifting to everything having, everyone having immediate access to photography on their phones, yeah. people are losing the the need for, you know, real photography or artistic photography, like I, I Ansel Adams, agree. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, that level of quality. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I feel like I have the creative vision. I just don't understand the, the tool, you know, to, to to capture the the uh the image itself yeah um i wish i knew more about how cameras worked um i know the basics like sure. and then what happens is i'll learn the bait like i'll learn how it works yes. and then i'll immediately forget it because i don't keep practicing enough you know yeah um 
So that's that's where I'm sitting. Yeah, <laughs> in it's, terms of that. If you're a geeky, it, photography is yeah. really something because you get into like the stops mm -hmm. and the ISO and all yeah. that other stuff. But yeah. it's like different ways of skinning a cat to get that one yeah. image. You know, it's it's really cool. Why do you want to be an instructor examiner? Um, the all the accolades, like all the stuff that I have in mm -hmm. terms of title, I think it to me is the ability to do more in the sport. That's all it is to me. It doesn't okay. matter. I, I always try to tell, talk to the AFF students and say that, hey, just because I have all this stuff doesn't mean I'm better than you. Yeah. All it is means that I have the more of an ability to do more stuff in the sport and I can help you better. Mm -hmm. That's all I think about it as is. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. people, when they show up at the drop zone, they're like, oh yeah, he's an instructor examiner, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that does you know, come with some respect, but I also want to be respected because I'm actually doing yeah. what that entitles me to do or mm -hmm. enables, not entitles, enables me to do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. Yep. I get you. Um, that's a good way to think about it. That's, that's how I would, um, that, that would be the reason I would want to pursue it too as well. I started, um, when I was in Paris actually for mm -hmm. coach and AFF, mm -hmm. uh, stuff, just not, not really, doing a ton to it but mm -hmm. um did some like coach examiner jumps or evaluator jumps yep. um mm -hmm. did some of those i've got like some other ground stuff signed off and whatnot just cool. started doing it but yep. uh angie aragon actually uh, started me on that and mm -hmm. she was she asked me that question like why do you want to do this and i'm like it's just it just seems like the logical next place to go like yeah. in terms of learning more and being able to do more in the sport so yeah. i can empathize with that that's awesome yeah well, i watch you at the drop zone trust <laughs> me Oh, gosh. Uh, when when you're when you're teaching like free fly and stuff like that because yeah. you have that great tunnel experience yeah so trust me i'm watching Ooh. no i'm not <laughs> well that's the great thing about being asian i can look over here and i can still see you <laughs> okay <laughs> all right what's your favorite part about skydiving the community yeah yeah i just i I think one of the reasons why I kept on coming back to it, not only for the jumping, obviously that's that's the main reason, right? That's what would get hooked. But I, when I went to the drop zone, like these are my people. Mm -hmm. I I talk and think five hundred miles an hour, and these people can keep up with me. Yeah, you know, and it's because they're wired that way. Yeah, and I didn't realize at the time, but it's like autom I automatically knew, you know, like these are my people. Okay. So, yeah, that's. Cool. That's the reason why. What's your least favorite thing about skydiving? Definitely ego, yeah. for sure. It is it, and I think the realization for me is most of the obtuse behavior is because yeah. people have that conceit about their skills or what they think their skills are, and mm -hmm. this is for me too. Like I, I try not to have that conceit because it's just there's going to always be somebody that's better, you yeah. know. And I'm in awe of those people, mm -hmm. you know. I really am so. That that is a nice a nice uh, thought to keep in the back of your mind, especially when, uh, especially like when you're feeling down or you're not feeling humble or or whatever the situation is. That's a really nice thing to keep in the back of your mind because it, it, at least for me, like when I say to myself like there's always someone better, it just makes me want to get better. Like it just want it makes me want to keep pushing harder and harder and harder mm -hmm. in this specific area that I'm working on so that I can keep I don't know. I don't for me it's a challenge. It's not necessarily like a you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. for for it keeps me in check and it keeps me humble, but it yep. also like really makes me push like hard to be better and like have new goals and keep working towards those goals yeah. like I was um to keep my humility down or just like 
trying to be humble is to work with more students. Yeah. Work with people that are newer to the sport mm-hmm. because they are still malleable mm-hmm. and to try to help them in the best way I can possibly can with the right intentions yeah. is very important to me. Yeah. It um I think I think what it teaching and working with students and being really engaged in that, it reminds you of like the struggle on a regular basis. Yes. You know, I feel like there's a certain brand of skydiver that they get to a they get to a certain point. And I would uh, this is probably true for a lot of different like extreme sport disciplines like sports across across the uh the board but you get to a certain point and you stop you stop thinking about what it was like when you struggled when Mm -hmm. you when you really had to work hard Mm -hmm. at something um to learn it to learn the basic version of it to like just be competent at that skill Mm -hmm. and i feel like at least i've seen this in a few like in in the last couple of years after being at the tunnel and stuff like Mm -hmm. it's I don't want to say this. It, it basically is like people become disconnected with what it was like to start, you know, yes. in this sport. And when you're working with those students, uh, those people on a regular basis, it reminds you to like keep being humble and keep keeping yourself in check. And like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like yep. it's it's a great way to like keep that in the back of your mind. Yep. Working yeah. with more students and admitting <clears throat> when you're wrong. Yeah, for sure. And say, hey, I screwed up, you mm-hmm. know, and apologizing for sure. Because obviously, you know, what you were saying about uh, Kazoo being crazy, it's my <laughs> over-the-top behavior that gets my, <laughs> me in trouble a lot, you know, and just saying stuff. So, um, But also, too, the, just with a lot of passion with just anything, uh, I can sometimes take it too far, and I'm like, okay, I need to reel it back and just think about how that person was feeling as I was saying those things. Yeah. Even though, you know, the intent was good, mm-hmm. the result was bad. Yeah. So it's good to just say, hey, take my own inventory, go over there and say, look, I'm sorry. You know, I'm trying to trying to just make up for what I did. And also just also too, just doing it in a sense that you're just cleaning your side of the street. Yeah. If they don't accept it, then mm-hmm. that's on them. But I mean, at least you didn't make the effort. Yeah. Uh, the important thing. Yep. I'm like that too, where I sometimes get carried away and then yeah. I say or do something. And I'm like, oh, oh, I immediately regret this. Yeah. Like, I'm really sorry. Or you, <laughs> like, or you just think back to it like yeah. that's really bothering me, yep. you know. And so just take action on it before it lets the, let it fester, especially mm-hmm. for – you know, drop zones are only open for like six, seven months. Mm-hmm. Pe- things get real intense. Yeah. And then we, <laughs> around here, we call it salty September because <laughs> we love each other, but we've been we grinding it, at each other. We called it angsty August. Yeah. <laughs> angsty August or salty September. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. funny. Yeah. It's things are different on a seasonal drop zone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, have you ever competed in skydiving in any way? I did some swoop comps back in 2008, 2009. I only did a couple. Okay. But... Um, right at that time, I didn't ha- I didn't feel like I had enough financials for the whole traveling circuit to go yeah. through the FLCPA because mm-hmm. I was based out of Florida and it just takes so much, so yeah. much to train, so much for coaching and so much for travel and for mm-hmm. all that stuff in the slots. So I just did, um, the events that were local, like I could drive to, but it wasn't something that I ever, ever really wanted to do. Okay. Um, you know, like on a competitive level, not me. Uh, how about big ways? Um, I've, so the only stuff that I've done, uh, for big ways is the video I've done my, um, my kind of like how I rolled into it was I got, I got to be friends with the owner from Scott of Sebastian, Jim Iannacone and his, I was I was working a recruiting job on the phone. It was telephone sales. It was so bad. But it was me getting out of the restaurant business because I had been it for so long. And I, I 
transitioned out of it because I wanted to be at the drop zone on the weekend. Mm -hmm. So became friends with him and he's like, hey, I'm not going to pay you, but I will uh, give you free slots and you could just go on any jump that you want as long mm -hmm. as you're getting me the video and pitch more of the pictures. Yeah. So he would make slideshows of all the pictures I took that weekend and uh, that's how I got into video. So then um, because Scott of Chicago became partners with Sebastian for the plane provider, the warm-up camps for the big way records were at sebastian during the yeah. invasion and during mm -hmm. the winter so because i was doing the outside video for the fun jumpers they just put me right into the the big way so okay. i would be filming like 40 ways and stuff with that head down cool invasion's yeah. been around that long huh well it started off as the cross keys invasion okay okay and then scott of chicago became the provider oh, okay, okay, uh, okay. plane provider and okay. then it's is that all right cool yeah. all right so that was gonna be my next question actually was camera flying like so what what do you what have you done with camera flying so besides big ways what else do you like to focus on in terms of flying video and camera flying and the like i um mm -hmm. like the other day that whole marriage proposal yeah you know and i knew it was everyone dan knew and heather happening. shout out yeah Sorry, exactly they listen to this so, huh? oh, that's awesome yeah <laughs> i was i was just done with uh jumping because i was out of the rotation whatever and uh, I knew the whole thing was happening. Yeah. And Elliot, of course, was on mm -hmm. the jump doing it. And I was like, hey, it's probably a good idea if I just go back up, you know, like yeah. do an outside view and get another view. And those, so I have the capability of going on to those kind of skydives. And I, I literally yesterday, when I saw Heather, because they were training again, mm -hmm. I said, thank you very much for letting me be on your jump. So, mm -hmm. you know, adding, it's a service, honestly, I think of it now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't happen unless it gets on video and pictures. So, yep. Um, Elliot actually, you know, I hate to admit this, but and of course, me, Elliot might hear this, <laughs> but Elliot's the one who got me back into video, okay. like actual video slots and video uh -huh. flying because I had stopped doing that to work on my examiner stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I had done years of all, all that camera stuff stopped. I mean, I did it every now and then, but I, I did more focusing on the examiner stuff. But now last year he asked me to do film the big ways. Uh, at Scott of Chicago mm -hmm. uh, in between the vertical. So the vertical would go 200 way and then they would have a belly, Doug Barron's um, 100 way group. So they did a uh, 100 way uh, state record and then a sequential record. Mm -hmm. So they would basically do 10 planes on one load, refuel five planes, and then we would go up. So I did that 100 way. That nice. was really awesome. That's cool. Yeah, and he asked me to do the uh, no break record here. All right, it, was, it should be four, 40 ways. What's a no, no break record? What does that I mean, mean? Uh, a a, br a total break record. Oh, okay. okay. Total break. That's me. So they're gripped and then and total then, break and then yeah. you come back again. Okay. Yep. All right. Huh. I didn't know there was a difference. That's mm -hmm. cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have been following Elliot around like a ghost. Like I'm haunting him. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, like trying to trying to soak up as much of it. Uh, mm -hmm what he says is possible in terms of video. So mm -hmm. um, I, I love that we're just getting started with this season. I can't wait to see what happens like in terms of video, video flying. Mm -hmm. That's, that was my main goal of coming out here is, is uh, getting better and expanding on that and having um, more successful skydives, I think to keep practicing with, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I just am like, okay, there's a lot of talent here. Like there's, there's going to be skydives that work. There's mm -hmm. going to be skydives that there's going to be a ton of different types of jumps. Yep. That's really what I want to pursue is like tr starting to fly video for multiple disciplines and yep. like getting better and better and better at everything. So yeah. 
Yeah. That's cool. So I'm going to be picking your brain a lot then. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, like, um, the, I would suggest going with the teams. Mm-hmm. And if they, even if they have the main slot, do the yeah. outside, outside video and try to not to be intrusive, but also just like yeah. kind of compose the shots from there okay. and see, see where it's. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, what is the coolest, 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 Cleo. Cool, coolest, gnarliest, craziest skydive you've ever been a part of? It doesn't matter. Like, it could be any one of those adjectives. It doesn't right. mean to be all of them favorite jump like just one that sticks out like the your most important one to you like most memorable coolest craziest like it's uh, the wolfo question we always get asked like what's the coolest skydive you've ever been a part of or I, the gnarliest skydive i don't really have one that sticks out okay it, i'm what i love about the sport and why i stay in it for so long is because i'm constantly amazed yeah constantly amazed uh-huh. the, the talent that's out there People, you know, pushing, especially the competition and people that the just the determination for people to do this um, for work or for, you know, competition, leisure, all mm-hmm. that stuff. I'm just constantly amazed at all the stuff that is possible. Okay. Um, so f- to me, it's all memorable. You know, nothing really does stick out. I yeah. just I keep doing it to constantly see more. Okay. So that's fair. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about rigging for a second. Yes. Yeah. Well, for a second. For a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long have you had your riggers ticket? Um, 2016 was my senior, and then 2018 was my master. Why did you pursue that? I started rigging in 2011, um, just because I wanted to learn how to do my own stuff and you know circumvent the riggers, I guess. <laughs> but at the time, it was allowed that you could actually jump your own pack jobs as long as you were under the supervision of mm-hmm. uh, the the rigger and they were in, on site, uh, you know, direct supervision. So I literally had about almost a hundred uh, documented pack jobs before I even tested. Yeah, uh, it was five years. I had like five saves already. Mm-hmm. And so I went to test with Nancy before I came up here and I got my senior rigger ticket. Uh, and then uh, there was Bickle was in charge of the uh, the loft and he ended up leaving. So they're like, well, Kazoo, do you want to take it over? I said, sure. So I took yeah. it over. Okay. If you can suddenly hear the music, it's because they just turned it on in the lobby. Yep. So sorry if you guys can hear that in the background. We haven't finished, uh, or I haven't finished uh, soundproofing this room quite That's yet. So. Soundproof. I mean, Matt. Matt did a really good job he on did. this when he when he left. But there are a few things I definitely want to like change in here. Yeah, I'm so cool that we're we're actually using this room again for podcasting. How long has it been sitting here? It's been about two years. Oh, wow. I think about two years. Okay. Well, yeah. cool. Shaking the dust off. I yep, like it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, so what are some of the more important things to keep in mind when someone is approaching like rigging and like maintenance of somebody else's gear, in your opinion? Um, I'm not a rigger, so this is this is an interesting question. Are you talking about me. like in terms of like the when you're starting off rigging or just in terms of maintenance of either, your own personal either gear? Either or. Whatever you think is more important to talk about. Um. My suggestion in terms of starting off rigging, if you get your ticket, try to stay in the room with another rigger that has experience so you you can bounce off yeah. ideas and say, hey, does this look right? Mm-hmm. What can I do better? Or take that, hey, if they're, because of course, every, every <laughs> scout ever and slash rigger has an opinion. Yeah. So take that opinion with a grain of salt if it's something that you don't want to hear. Yeah. Um, and that's why I try to say when I'm saying things, I said, Hey, this is probably a better way of doing it. Um, try to focus on this, that kind of thing, as opposed to you're doing that wrong. You're an idiot. 
type of mentality. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I, I don't want to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in terms of maintenance of gear is if you have to question it, get it changed. Okay. Hey, Kazoo, can this, this leg straps look okay? Do these risers look yeah. okay? If you have a question in your mind, change it. Like yeah. what's, it's, we can do it in the field, change it. Or yeah. you have to send it back to the manufacturer for a major revamp, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important now, especially because we have such a long time to get new stuff. Yep. And now you've got other people um, going to different companies for that stuff. You know, I have preferred places I like to go in terms of like getting my own personal gear. But um, if it's something that you already have and it needs maintenance, get it maintenanced. Because yeah. the skydiving is not where, hey, uh, my tire blows out, I can pull over on the side of the road. You're committed when you're out there. Mm-hmm. So if there's a, a question in your mind, it's not worth being distracted by that yeah. and you know not being able to do what you need to do in the air fair enough fair enough i actually just got my leg straps redone um <clears throat> i know how you feel about curves mm. <clears throat> but um i just had to get the the leg straps replaced on the curve i'm sure you saw this too actually like ri did this weird thing to their leg straps into the chest straps mm-hmm. um when the curve first came out where they would double tack it or not double tack a uh, double layer it mm-hmm. where they had like the the super thick uh webbing and then they had like a thinner layer of cordura i think is it cordura what is it what is that um smaller tighter fabric um not I'll, sure. I'll show you later okay yours. <laughs> but they um they double layered uh the leg straps so there were two different types of webbing mm-hmm. sewn together and yeah. they had it was on a three track so it would be three runs across the the width of the webbing, uh-huh. um, all the way the or all the way through the length of the leg strap, uh-huh. and those three lines would get really really um, uh, what's the w- pilling right right pilling they would pill on the one side of the uh the cordura the the really thick or not cordura I'm not saying that right the the webbing on okay. the really really thick webbing the really really heavy stuff it mm-hmm. would pill on the other side mm-hmm. and um, I remember asking that question several times um, and it happened right away when I first got the rig it was like within like the first six months it, it happened it mm-hmm. was it was right away yep. and um, I was wondering like is this is this right like should this be happening and mm-hmm. I had rigor after rigor telling me like nah it's fine it's like don't worry about it it's Everything's cool. I was like, yep. but it doesn't seem like it should be doing that, you know? Yep. Um, I probably jumped it, jumped it like that, though, for because I got the rig in 2015 mm-hmm. and up until last year. So I was jumping that for a long time like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it always was something in the back of my mind where I was like, it looks awful. Like, it doesn't look nice. It right. doesn't look good. Yep. Um, it was on the yellow webbing, too. So yep. it, was the, it was the colored stuff. So it really stuck out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I just got them replaced though this last uh, last winter, and then haven't jumped it since then because I got the got the vector on top of that. So. Okay, um, which is thick. It's so thick. sick. It's so, it's yeah. so nice. It I love this vector. Amazing. <laughs> that that the skulls that you have on yeah. the flaps are so good. Leah Levy, if she uh, if she listens to this uh, <laughs> to this episode, uh, she did the um, the design on it for me. Yeah. Um, I sent her the icon. I sent her a mock-up of what I wanted it to look like. And I was like, please do this. And she did it. She smashed it up. You know what I love about your rig? It's subtly awesome. Yeah, that's what I love. Subtly um, awesome. Yeah, that's that's my that's my favorite like kind of aesthetic is just looking a little bit more subtle. Yes. You know? Um, that's, like it, when you walk up on it, you're like, yeah. that is yeah. sick. From far away, it looks great. It yes. looks like just a regular just blackout rig. rig. Yes. You're right and there. And you see like, the skulls. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's uh-huh. my favorite. Yep. <laughs> that's my favorite aesthetic is subtle yeah subtle subtle coolness <laughs> uh the the rigging thing too the biggest thing that um bothers me in rigging 
and that's packing main parachutes, reserve parachutes, is the lack of empathy. Yeah. The lack of empathy is because they're like, I don't have to jump it, so I don't mm-hmm. care. And then when they're at, someone's asking a genuine question, yeah. is this okay? Like, yeah, it looks okay. Yeah. Yeah, because they're in their mind, they're like, I'm not jumping it. Yeah. I'm like, well, that person is asking the expert. Yeah. That makes sense. So yep. we're putting, I mean, like people are putting their trust in you, you yes. know? <clears throat> they're 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 putting their trust in you but they're also asking for your genuine opinion yes. because they they uh appreciate you they admire you they trust you you know like they're mm-hmm. asking for your honest opinion yes. for a reason you know yes. so i've i've always felt that same way about asking certain people yes. certain like people are coming to mind right now asking them those questions and wondering yes. if i'm going to get a straight answer or if they're just going to say like eh. Yeah. Like, but would you put your mom in it like no okay well yeah, exactly <laughs> <you know>? yeah <clears throat> um that's the other thing with uh, with rigging. I just I feel like there's there's one of two customers that I see, the ones that are very particular and say I am only going to kazoo, yeah, okay, which is great. And I'm like I feel so honored that they trust me. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people that just drop their rig off and they go, okay, whoever packs that, I don't care. Yeah. I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, you know. Yeah. And this I'm like. I'm, I try not to be overly particular about stuff, you mm-hmm. know, but if I get a haircut, I'm going to go to a specific person if I like them, mm-hmm. you know, and continue to do that. It's the same thing with rigging, yeah. you know, but kind of matters. <laughs> yep. No, that's, that's fair. Um, I've always been really particular about rigging too, as well. Yes. Like, um, about who I go to specifically. Like yes. I've got a handful of people that I know I trust and then, yeah. um, like being out here has been a little, it was a little unsettling to begin with because I'm like, if I have a problem, who do I go to? I don't know anybody here. No. Um, I, fi- I figured out really quickly who who the people I would go to, like who who um, is definitely, you know, like, excuse me, who are the people you definitely want to go to here? Mm-hmm. Um, figured that, that out really, really fast just by asking a few questions. But mm-hmm. um, I've also, I've been like that for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, it's important. It's, it's, it's very important. It's very interesting though coming out here though because you guys are like the rigging loft here and everybody involved in in rigging out here they all have a very equal equal sentiment across the board it seems like where it's just like exactly what you said like if you question it change it you know like yeah. if you don't like what it is or what's happening yes. ask somebody and yeah. then they're probably going to tell you to change it you know better yeah. to be safe than sorry versus yeah. versus like ah you got another 50 jumps on that before it, before it explodes you yeah know? something or, like that yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's there's caution that you could be overly cautious, but if there's a question like that, especially on the older rigs like mm-hmm. 10 years and plus, yeah. you know, change it. It just yeah. doesn't mean we have to do all the whole webbing and all that stuff, but there's certain things like hardware um, yeah. because back in the day they used cadmium hardware yep. on most of the rigs and especially on the three rings. Mm-hmm. I'm like there it's oxidized and it becomes brittle. You got to think about the worst case scenario with the worst opening you've ever had mm-hmm. you don't want that hardware to fail yeah you know so yep. change it fair fair it's all fair um what kind of advice would you have for someone who wants to pursue getting their riggers ticket well like i said um there's courses you know elite rigging is very expensive uh, mm-hmm. but they're very good in the sense that you can literally hit the ground running yeah uh, you know change the line set change a boc and these are things that you're not going to learn at a, a typical rigging course. Uh-huh. 
I've changed a POC once. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody made me do it. They're like, oh, you need a new one? Cool. Are you doing anything for today? I'm going to show you how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but right. I mean, there's so much minutia to that. You know, there's so many details like opening up the corners of the rig and then yeah. putting it on, yeah. bar tacking it down and then doing it where it, when you put, close it, everything together and you have the, the main in the bag, mm -hmm. if you have it too tight, then you're going to stretch out the BOC and then you have to change it within 50 jumps, all mm -hmm. that stuff. So, but, um, and, and my advice for people when ringing is to get some, you know, pack jobs. If you don't have you know, a school that you're going to go to, definitely find a rigger that has experience that can help you without making you feel stupid and okay. that you'll learn from. Uh, and be prepared for a lot of frustration and do it in the sense where, it, like, because uh, I think up here, you know, if I'm on the off season, I'll learn rigging during the winter. Yeah. But you have to understand, to me, and I tell, tell people this, you have to understand that when you are rigging during the winter here in Wisconsin, there is 10% of humidity. That mm -hmm. is our micro glue that's going to help our pack jobs be better. And all of a sudden, you know, you're shocking yourself. The, everything's fluffy and it's just, it's going to show you that you suck. Yeah. So like being in a, a, the right temperature, right environment, and the, also being the right, being with the right person that can help teach you that speaks the same language and that you don't feel stupid with, then uh, it, it'll help you learn. Because yeah. what I tell people when I'm, they're learning under me, I said, if you can make the worst mistake ever in this loft, it stays in this loft. I'm going to protect that, not yeah. you know, just tell everyone in the world about it. And it's not going to walk out the door that way. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like things can be replaced and yeah. fixed. If you had one big pet peeve about rigging, about other riggers, like the rigging community, what would it be? Um, this is kind of, this is more of an interesting one just for me, maybe not for everybody I, else. I just... There's no pet peeves for me. It is the observation that it is so easy for someone to sit there and call someone out for something being screwed up. Yeah. Just know that it's screwed up, fix it, and okay. move on. All right. Because that whole, like, the stuff on Facebook and people calling people out, it's like yeah. it doesn't lead to learning. It leads to hatred. And yeah. that is you're 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 embellishing on the fact that it's wrong and not fixing it mm -hmm. fix it know that that's an issue and fix it and move on because yep. i tell people if you find a mistake and you blast it across the whole drop zone in facebook you're going to be in that seat one day and no one's going to have sympathy for you yeah. so watch what you say you know what i'm saying like yep. trust me I've that's a sentiment i wish i would have known when i was a younger skydiver to yeah be honest yeah because you yeah. blast everyone yep in the world because you're insecure you don't have you ha don't yep. have the skills it's most of the time at the drop zone it's the people that are quiet are the mm -hmm. ones that have the most experience and yep. the most to offer yep. i mean i feel like that's something you grow into too like i started when i was 18 so i was a young idiot you know yeah. like i was an idiot and like silly and ego egotistical in in a lot of senses too as well yes. like when i was really young and i, I wish it. i would have i wish i would have known then what i know now about yes. you know like being quiet and just being observant and like it's gonna come you know like those skills and the yep. and the knowledge it'll all come and it'll all even out like i feel you yeah no well i mean i acted the way i did when i was younger because i've always been trying to be the center of attention yeah you know that attention seeking behavior what? no exactly. and i know i know this is one of my character defects is my attention seeking behavior and i just say things to be funny yeah. you know and i've always had that part of me so mm -hmm. that but 
that also hurts feelings. <laughs> I mean, I think that I think everyone has that to some extent, you know, especially, oh, especially as a skydiver, skydiver yeah. like you, especially skydivers, yeah. like everyone has that to some extent. Um, yeah, yeah I, I feel you. Yeah. Okay. I get you. I get you. Uh, let's talk about mentorship for a second. Okay. Um, this isn't something I feel like you're interviewing me to yeah. <laughs> for a coach yeah. examiner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you seem to have your hands in a lot of different areas that involve, you know, teaching other skydivers and students yes. and like woofos, you know, the mm. like, yep. um, why is this so important to you? Why is this concept important? To me, it's just growing the community. Yeah. It's growing the community around you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if it's a crappy situation, then stop being pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, build the, you're building the environment around you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if you, you interject some positivity and say, hey, look, you know, this is probably the safer way of doing this and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And that mentality kind of transcends through all the other people because they have a good art. Yeah. And that's good. Okay. That's, that's what's important to me. Okay. Is you're building the environment around you around you yeah. and positivity would you say that, that that's the sentiment you enjoy the most about teaching or is there something else that drives I, you it's just it's just the when the light goes on mm -hmm. you know when you see that the light goes on and the, or they get over the small it's the small wins yeah you know that i just i love the okay. i am yelling at the top of my my lungs when i see that cat a aff land on their feet okay it's like the the whole jump could have been just tumbling mess, spinning craziness. Yeah. But they land on their feet. It's like they actually accomplished something. You okay. know, it's it's like wow. All right. You know that that amazes me. It is really satisfying watching someone figure it out. Yes. You know, figure out this concept that's been eluding them for a while. Like yes. that is super, yes. very satisfying as a as a coach or as a as a teacher. So yes. I can get behind that. That's cool. yes. All right. What kind of advice do you have for other coaches and instructors regarding, you know, teaching technique and like, you know, approaching, approaching, talking to new people? Um, it's uh, what I see, like, in especially in the newer coaches and the newer instructors, they're so robotic. You know, yeah. they go through the course and they're like, OK, this is what we're going to do. Category, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they go over the die flow and all that stuff. And what I try to do is say, OK, I understand the concepts. This is what we're going to do. Um, on the diet flow and stuff like that, my advice to them is to really get into it and try to think about how to teach that person better mm -hmm. from what they what you're asking. So okay. what do you do for work? You know, that kind of thing. And, and okay, so he was an engineer. He's very technical. Or he works outside. He's an electrician. He's good with his hands. He wants to be outside and that type of thing. Yeah. So a lot of the concepts that, you know, you teach in the coach course, you can really just kind of apply to Scott Evers, but to be real, to mm -hmm. be real with someone yeah, and to use the, the skills and knowledge that you already have to help them is yeah. uh, what I, what I like, I would stress too. The realness too, like keeps it engaging. It keeps people, it, it, I would, that's something I think that I learned at the tunnel. Um, <laughs> when I was, being when real. I was, yeah, when I was working under Mike Silva, like he had this way of talking to people mm -hmm. that was super engaging and kept them focused like, mm -hmm. while he was, you know, that's why, I mean, besides the fact that like people learned so much on, from him, mm -hmm. you know, and he had so many skills besides just talking to people like, mm -hmm. and, and that's why a majority of people can't keep coming back. He had a way of like getting through to people who were having, who were struggling and like mm -hmm. really, um, unfocused. Like he had a way of just like snapping them to attention and like mm -hmm. really making them stay focused. Yep. And that was something I watched him do. And I tried to put into my own style of teaching and my own methodology mm -hmm. is like just being real like that, that keeps so many people engaged and paying attention to you. Like it keeps them from zoning out. It keeps them mm -hmm. from like, um, getting unfocused. Like that's a really good piece of advice 
in my opinion mm-hmm. for what it's worth mm-hmm. you know um but yeah like I, I can get behind that like that's i like that that's good be real well yeah the other the the thing that i see that um the shortcomings about the whole teaching skydiving is that we don't retrain enough yeah because our assumption in our mind when they they survive the skydive and they're not broken they're back at the you mm-hmm. know debriefing station is that we look at it we talk about it and then we go okay uh now you're on to the next jump or yeah. if they failed especially yeah. if they you know they have to repeat the jump please go if they screwed up on the exit go over to the mock-up and actually practice the exit like i mean i played piano for 12 years Uh and i i had to i had to do twinkle twinkle little star for 20 (laughs) minutes before i even started playing anything else Uh so my methodology my mother is a teacher Mm -hmm. so that's the way she taught it's like you're gonna hit this wall a hundred times before you're able to learn Mm -hmm. anything else so but i mean there obviously there's balance there yeah so um i the correction and with the tunnel is different because you literally you're in a contained space with them and you Mm -hmm. can talk to them and there's you know yeah their adrenaline's going high but not like skydiving yeah and they're in a contained space Mm -hmm. so you can slow things down you don't have to debrief them on the couches outside of the tunnel you're in the tunnel actually doing that stuff but in skydiving because everything's so fast-paced and they have to do multiple jumps um I would suggest that you actually break it down so they can, you know, have a more successful skydive. So when you say retrain, do you think, do you mean just doing repetitions of like the same dive flow and the same, like, no, do you mean that? Or the specific parts that they're not getting? Okay. 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 So if it's Um, an exit that needs the fixing or their body position needs to be fixing that. Okay. All right. Gotcha. All right. Um, yes, I absolutely agree with that. Like, I, I was wondering if you meant retraining in terms of like when someone is on current, having them come back in and retraining, you know, multiple times that way. Cause I can, I can definitely see how I can definitely see how, um, working through all the problem, like the problematic sections of a skydive mm-hmm. or the problematic sections of like, you know, your dirt dive, mm-hmm. some, something they're not getting, yep. you know, I understand how repetition with that is definitely going to solve problems. Yep. But then on the other end of it, if you're retraining, I, I see a lot of people, um, at other drop zones, or I've seen this happen before where someone comes in just on the edge of, or for a seasonal drop zone, for example, mm-hmm. right? They come in after not jumping for six months, mm-hmm. but they've got like 300, 200 skydives, you know, and they haven't jumped, you know, like you're still in a weird spot mm-hmm. at that stage in your skydiving career where like you probably remember the basics mm-hmm. of like emergency procedures, but there's still so much you don't know about this sport and about like what could potentially happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's survival, you're retraining survival skills, right? Like that's really what you're, you're trying to focus on with retraining and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, like listening to someone new go through all of those same things and all of those same problematic areas, like mm-hmm. you might nine times out of 10, you're going to be listening to exactly, exactly the same stuff you learned the last time you did this, but mm-hmm. there might be like that new information yep. that, that you needed to know mm-hmm. and you didn't know you didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, yeah. And also like different people, they, they speak differently. Yeah. So they're all saying the same thing, yep. but that one person, the way they said it and how they said it, yeah. you know, clicks with yep. you. So that's why like, Hey, if it's, we're not gelling, it's probably a personality conflict or whatever. Yeah. Go to someone else. Yep. We have plenty of experience out here, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I know that I am not the end all be all. Mm-hmm. So I've just like, Hey, go on to someone else. And you know, but if you're coming to me, I'm going to try to help the best, help you the best way I can. Okay. Cool. Um, what do you, what do you say to someone who is 
working on keeping longevity in the sport? Like what kind of things would you say to someone who is struggling with maybe wanting to leave, but not sure if they want to come back? Maybe because, because like, if you think about the lifespan, your, your lifespan in this, in this community is amazing. Like 30 years. That's amazing. I'm just lucky. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm coming up on 15 for me and I don't, I don't see myself stopping this anytime soon. Um, but a vast majority of the skydivers that we see coming in and out through those doors, like Mm -hmm. three years, four years, maybe, you know, if they're lucky Mm -hmm. before something else happens, like some big life change, they get married, they have kids, whatever, whatever the work, whatever the thing is. Um, what kind of advice would you have for someone who is seeking longevity in this sport? Like what kind of balance do they have to look at? Like what, what do you, what do you, what do you say to that? Help someone else. Help someone else. That's it. Okay. If you want to keep engaged in skydiving, get to the point where you can help someone else. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to be 5,000 jumps, 500,000 jumps. It doesn't okay. matter. If um, the enthusiasm that you have from helping someone else or just like the revitalization that I get yeah. from helping someone else, and it doesn't matter what level they're at, okay. that enjoyment keeps me engaged in the sport. All right. It doesn't matter what happens in the air and canopies and free fall, all that stuff. It's help someone else and that yeah. will keep your longevity in the sport. Okay. That's that's the way I did it. Okay. That's what kept me engaged. All right. It's helping someone else. Cool. Cool, cool. You wanna play a game really quick? Okay. We got a few minutes. Sure. So this is twenty questions. <laughs> okay. Okay. I am going to be I am going to pick an item. On the drop zone. It's an inanimate object. It's not going to be a person or, okay. or something like, or like an animal or anything like that. Okay. It's going to be a specific thing that has something to do with skydiving. Okay. Okay. It is not going to be a random object you would find here, like a towel or a water bottle or, you know, like a yoga mat or something like that. It's not okay. going to be any of those trivial things that you could find on a drop zone, mm-hmm. but doesn't have anything to do with skydiving. It is specific for skydiving. Okay. It could be on the plane. It could be in the plane, right? It could be in the on the dashboard. It could be uh, a piece of gear. It could be a tool we use. It could be a rigging tool, like okay. any of those things. Okay. okay. I will say, I will give you a couple of pieces of advice because I play this game for most of these individual episodes. And okay. it's always funny <laughs> listening to people uh, ask questions. Broad spectrum questions have a tendency to eliminate a lot of things really, really fast so that you can get more specific later on. Okay. okay? If you get to 10 questions and you are just completely stumped i will give you a clue okay <laughs> if you get to 15 and you're still screwed let me know i'll get you another clue. you know what now i regret not listening to more of your episodes <laughs> <laughs> i need I to mean, be prepared to be fair i have a tendency to cater these specifically to their to, to people's like specialties you're a <laughs> <Or> researcher like, <laughs> yeah it's not fair oh yeah <laughs> oh gosh uh i will i will edit out all the long sure, pauses sure. and all that stuff sure <laughs> Whatever. But but I have found out that like people listening to these episodes are like they're in their cars or they're in their their apartments yeah. or like in their offices being like it's okay. a fucking weight belt like yeah. how have you guys not gotten this by now? Well, you put me on the spot, you know. So I mean, it's hard to yeah go off the top of your head, but it's fine. okay. Well, I I planned this ahead of time, yeah. so I know what I'm going to be. It yes. is specifically on the drop I'm zone. I'm fine looking stupid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is it is specifically on the drop zone. You're not going to find it at the tunnel. Okay. It's, it's specifically here. All right. Whenever you're running. Okay. Well, you have to ask the question, don't no, you? No, <laughs> you ask the question. I oh, I am the thing. I, I'm the item. 
Okay. You're the item? Yeah, yeah. So so the thing that I am, you have to figure what out what I am in this game. Okay. So normally how you would play 20 questions is you would pick like a person and I'd be like, okay, I'm Abraham. Like in my mind, I'm like, I'm Abraham Lincoln. And everybody else has to a- ask questions to figure out who I am in this situation. Okay. Right. So you ask like, are you a famous figure? Are okay. you a man? Are you a woman? And then I say yes or no. Or if I need clarification, I'll ask you like, what do you mean by that? Okay. That kind of thing. So okay. I'm an inanimate object on the drop zone. All Go. right. Do you, are you something that saves someone's life? No. Do you have any type of uh, electronics? No. Do, are you made out of cloth? No. Oh, man. <laughs> are you, uh, are you in the hangar? Yes. Wait, Okay. So this hangar or just in the hangar in general? Oh God. Like, like, am I in the, do I stay in the building? Am yeah. I in the building? What's Are you question used in? on a regular basis in the hangar? For day-to-day skydiving uh, operations? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like, am I used on the daily by skydivers? Like, yeah. all? no. What purpose do you have for skydiving? <laughs> I can't <laughs> answer that. Man, this is hard. Um, do you think about all the different things that you do on this drop zone and ask broad spectrum questions to eliminate different areas? (sighs) (laughs) 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 So you're saying whatever I do on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and it's an inanimate object that, Mm -hmm. that you have picked out that Mm -hmm. I have to guess. Yes. I, (laughs) (laughs) I, so, so you've asked so far, am I made out of cloth? I'm not made out of cloth. No, okay. I'm not used on, out of the way. I'm not used a daily, on a daily basis by okay. skydivers. All right. Okay. The, um, the, the shower is out of question. Am I in the hang- – <laughs> the shower would not be on the, on the roster in terms of a uh, – and then am I in the hangar? Yes, I'm in the hangar. Okay. I, I'm located in the building. And, but you said there's no electronics related to no me, so you can't be the plane. You can't yeah. be an AD. No. Nope. I, uh, um, <laughs> do, do do people step on you? No. Do they sit on you? Are those two questions. Yes. No, no. Neither one of those. No. <laughs> this is so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> You're. We're gonna call that five questions. We'll we'll combine that last one. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't like this, Sam. <laughs> Oh, this is my favorite game ever. Yeah, I feel like of this course, is, I because feel like you this have is, all the cards in your hand. <laughs> I feel like this is a game that we could play here, like on a Saturday night, it is for so, for like jump tickets and stuff. Like this we could is play so this game. Vague. It's it could you, be that's anything. What that's what I'm talking about. You got to use broad spectrum. Cl- like, am I a piece of gear? Uh, do I go in a rig? Do I go in the airplane? Well, well, like see, that's any why of those, I was asking any the of those specific questions. parts. Yeah. Those are broad spectrum Inanimate that eliminate objects. a lot. Do you wear me? Like, no, I don't. You know what I mean? Like, so those are all, those are all. And stuff that I do all the time. I, I can I give up? <laughs> I choose death. <laughs> I, I, my mind is a blank. I okay. do not know. Do you want, do you want a clue? Yes. We'll give you a clue at okay. five questions. Stop. Stop. You can't sit there and say, oh, you five questions. Uh, it is a it is something that sits in your rigging loft. 
a sewing machine? No. Yeah, because that too has broad spectrum. <laughs> you gotta go, gotta go broad spectrum. Not specific yet. It sits <laughs> in your rigging loft. It's in your rigging loft. I know that. I know it's up there. A I lot know, of clutter. That's what's a lot. <laughs> a lot of clutter. I know you have at least one of these. A packing paddle? No. One of these. Mm-hmm. You gotta. Ha- I mean, is it a rigging I can't tool? Imagine. Uh, what do you mean by rigging tool? Is it a rigging tool? Is it something that you need to close a container with? No. I, I, my mind is a blank. <laughs> I am not awake enough for this. You have and you can't tell because I'm Asian. <laughs> you have an energy drink sitting right I'm in front drinking of you. this because I'm trying to be more Caucasian. I'm totally squinty and not awake. Well, you're at eight questions now. You have another 12 yet. <sighs> I love how you're just holding your hand. <laughs> holding my up. hands here. <laughs> <laughs> Remind you. <laughs> I have no idea. It's sitting in my rigging loft. A bin? No. It's got to be skydiving. It's a bin. A bin, a bin. Ha- contains the stuff. A bin is too, that's too generic. That's too generic. Yeah, it's too, ge- <laughs> it's too generic. You just mimicked my hands. Yes. Back. <laughs> I'm trying to, because I'm so, this is not fair. This is not You're going to laugh when you find out what it is. I, uh, You're going to uh, look at me and thread. be like, how do you know it's what that is? thread. <laughs> it's not thread. It's glue. It's not glue. Why would you use glue on a rig? <laughs> you what? Don't, you don't understand how much glue actually <laughs> is used oh on a rig. God. Did you not know that glue is essential? Everyone who's not a rigger rig? is horrified. Yeah, right like glue now, is essential. <laughs> only master yeah. riggers. Like, I'm not only, but mostly people that Slap work at the manufacturer. Slap some duct tape on it. Yeah, it'll exactly. Be fine. Send it. Um, <laughs> I what? I, it's in the rigging loft. Only rigging tools. Mostly electronics. You're at a. You're at eleven questions. The keyboard. Do you want another clue? Yes. Okay. No hesitation. This is um. It is a tool. It is a rigging tool. That is it the hanging? It's a, no. Rack? Okay, here I got a better one. It is a tool that nobody other than a rigger would use. That's what I was saying. Like a packing paddle, tension tool, a, a closing pin. Is it a closing pin? No. Is it a temp pin? No. That's a good one though. I'm gonna save that one for later. Stop. This is torture. Uh, <laughs> you got eight questions. Is it fabric? No, you already asked that. Uh, is it webbing? Called? No. <laughs> is it parachute line? No. <laughs> it's not cloth. It's not fabric. You keep asking questions that have fabric in them. Think of all the things, all the things. It's a rigging tool. It's a rigging tool. It's a rigging tool. It's yeah. a rigging tool. I would be shocked if uh, if there are a majority of skydivers that have ever used or even seen one, to be honest. A tension device. No. Five more questions. A soft bodkin? I don't know what that is. Okay. Scissors. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no. Scissors. No, it's not scissors. You're getting warmer, though. Hot knife. No, not a hot knife. Two more questions. Two more questions. I can't wait. I'm going to stump. Is I'm going to stump Kazu. Ah. I'm totally stump. Seam ripper. Is it a seam ripper? It is not a seam ripper, but that's also a very good one. Chop, 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 chop. One more question. One more question. Is it a... Uh, 
can't. I, I don't yeah, know. one more. Is it Velcro? No, it's fabric. <laughs> that's fabric. That, by the way, that's my favorite team name ever. Team Velcro. Velcro. Yeah, Team Hook and Pile. <laughs> Hook and Pile. That's more specific. I don't uh, like this game. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> I'm telling you this right now. I'm including all of Because you this. are all, you have all the cards in your hand. Yeah. And I yeah. do not. Well, I know you know this, and I know you have one, because I asked somebody, I was like, he has one of these, right? And they're like, yes, he has one. You ready? Yes, what is it's it? It's a finger trapping tool. God. His head is in his hands. Oh <laughs> it's a finger. The fid. Yeah, yeah the fid. It's okay. A finger thank, you. Tool. thank you. Very much for making this. So, oh. uh, the the rigger um, at my last drop zone. Um, he used to make us make us do all of our own fixes way back in the day. Yeah, you told me about this. The yeah. line sets. Yep. Um, if we needed to like lengthen the brakes out, or uh, if we needed to shorten them or something, he'd hand us the tool and be like, "Go ahead." Here you go. Here's yeah, the length. Like, go to, go to town. Yes. <laughs> He'd show us how to do it, and then he would watch us make the fix, and then be like, all right, now you got it. Now you know how to do it. So okay. that was the first time I'd ever used a finger trapping tool. I was like, yeah. are you sure you want me to do this? <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Do you want to play? You can give me one. Watch me struggle. You got no, a few minutes yet? No. No. Okay. no. <laughs> all right. If you're sure. I am not. I'm not going to have. I don't want any. I will okay. do. I will get you back off of the okay. the podcast. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, then with that, we'll end it here. Thank you so much, Kazu. I really appreciate yeah, you have, spending some time with me. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens this summer. I'm excited to get to know you more. Awesome. Get to know everybody else more. Like, yeah, I'm really pumped to be here. I so. have to say, honestly, just I I don't have to say with other people. It's awesome to have you as Aww. an addition to our staff it's it's, good. it's really really good to the see. illusion is working <laughs> trust me we it's we're all crazy it's is it is it you are you my type of crazy yeah and i think yeah. this is the answer oh that's good yeah. he also has told me that i'm like twisted and de- and a little demented on the inside well, based yeah, on some things which, i've shown yes him. you are a little out there and uh, you know this. Uh, yeah, you've got the uh, little. <laughs> yeah, you're a little out there. You have a plethora of shirts <laughs> that have that give you an insight to how. Uh, I got a new one on today. Yes, live fast, eat trash. Yeah, yeah. so it's a possum in a raccoon, or a it. possum in a raccoon yep. driving a car. Yes, live you, fast, eat trash. You are out there. <laughs> all right that being said thank you so much i appreciate it we're gonna end it here uh thanks to everybody and everybody for listening uh stay safe blue skies have a good day bye bye